0: Welcome to Transformation for Success with Dr. Barbara Young. If you're looking for something more, something different, something better, this is your opportunity. Over the next hour, we'll talk about inspiration for personal and professional success. Now, here is your host, Dr. Barbara Young.
1: Well, hello there, and welcome to the Transformation for Success show. It is thankful Thursday. We're going to have a great time today. And I want to thank my listeners from all over the world for tuning into my show. I so appreciate all of you. And remember, you can contact me at info at transformationforsuccess.com, because I'd love to keep your comments coming, and I'd be more than happy to hear from you. And for those of you... Who might be new listeners? The shows are rebroadcast on the Empowerment and Business uh, Business Channels on Fridays at noon. Transformation for Success is a live broadcast, and it's immediately downloaded in podcast format for iTunes, Roku, Stitcher, Google Voice. So share with your friends and colleagues this information. Also. Check out my Transformation uh, Success Television on voiceamericatv.com. We've got a lot of new shows coming up this month and a special feature for December. So, today on the show, we have a spectacular guest, Dr. Sarah Larson, who is a medical intuitive and an ordained interfaith minister from All Paths Divinity School. Her approach to intuitive healing is described as merging ancient wisdom, modern science, and spirituality – for optimal living, and completion of your soul's journey. Dr. Larson is a world-class speaker. She's an entrepreneur and visionary whose work unites the world of business and essential wisdom of mind, body, and spirit. She's a consultant to high-impact entrepreneurs and visionaries. She's a host of her own show called Miracle Makers on UBN Radio TV, and she's heard worldwide on iHeartRadio. Now, Dr. Larson, in her own words, can speak about some days you're brilliant and other days you struggle. The secret to being brilliant is locked in the intelligence of your heart. So today she's going to talk about how to connect to the intelligence of your heart for peak performance at work and play and how to live in a flow. And that's what you're going to live and learn from her today. So stay tuned as we're going to hear the transformational journey of Dr. Sarah Larson. If you've got questions or comments, remember, and if you're listening live, you can call in the show at 188-346-9141, and I'm sure she'll answer any questions that you might have. So I'd like to give a big shout out and welcome to the show, Dr. Sarah Larson. Hi, Sarah. <laughs> Hi,
2: Dr. Barbara Young. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited to be here. I'm so excited to be one of your listeners as well. And I love Transformation
1: for Success. Thank you for having me on. Well, I'm delighted to get to chat with you and more or less sort of here because I was so intrigued when I read all about you, and you know, you've been recognized uh, with numerous awards for your work as a shero and notable global community leader by Oprah Winfrey, Gina Davis, and Barbara G. Angeles. What a noteworthy references are those, <laughs> Sarah? I know those you were. Are, born-
2: it was the same <laughs> award. It was the same award that Oprah Winfrey won and Gina Davis, and um, it was women. Global Women Entrepreneurs of the Year, and Wonderful. with their businesses making a difference. And so it was the same organization. I'm so grateful for oh, that no, recognition. Oh, I just want to make sure it's just more clear that it okay. was from. That's my. Um, I've been at the Oscars with Oprah, and I've met, been in the same rooms, but I've not yet. I don't think Oprah has awards yet. I think that okay. would be an amazing. Oh. <laughs>
1: Well, what an amazing background you've had, you know, and certainly you are all deserving for the Alkalate, Sarah, that you've received. You know, I know you were born in Pakistan, and you shared that your education as a healer began in rural villages with your grandmother. So share a bit of your story growing up and when you recognized you had the gift of healing.
2: Uh, Thank you so much. I'm so grateful that I um here in the United States and all of the opportunities that are offered to women and to everyone in the Western world. And mm-hmm. for me, I'm also so grateful that I had my grandmother who had ancient wisdom that was locked in. I think it's available for every one of us. Each one of us has access This intelligence within our bones, within our DNA, within what, when we, that quote, um, be still and know that quote of Be Still and Know, and so my grandmother taught me early Mm -hmm. on how to uh, connect deeply with love, with what we might call God, Jesus, the informer that lives inside our heart, that's connected to all things. I didn't Mm -hmm. speak until I was about... 4 years old when i started speaking i spoke in complete sentences and i shared with her this incredible light world that i saw around the people that were coming into our lives and mm-hmm. i demonstrated special gifts that she took me under and made sure that i knew how to understand what i was perceiving. Receiving, which mm-hmm. others didn't. And it wasn't until medical school in India, and I was learning about colorblindness, was when I learned about colorblindness that I knew that everyone else didn't have that vision, the, the sixth sense, the extra sense. And so it's so beautiful the way that my grandmother both protected my ability to see and she, i was so grateful, kept me humble in that arena of, and I think that humbleness, mm-hmm. that thinking everyone else had it until medical school allowed me to expand it and have more resources within it because it always came from which was her world to focus on service. Um, mm-hmm. My grandparents, my parents, and then, of course, now myself, I love being of service, and I look for ways. And now science, some of the research over the last 10 years that I've done, those of us, those, when you focus on service, more regions of your brain open up. And when I was in medical school, we didn't have the science for that. Today, many years into working as a medical intuitive being in service, using what my grandmother taught, that stillness, and going in and looking at every moment through a deeper lens, and also really staying humble. It's incredible where I was born and the places that I've been able to find myself useful and able to give in is really, really incredible, and that is... I learned from her as I was being tuned in to becoming conscious and aware mm-hmm. and knowing myself, and that actual knowing of myself came in
1: in medical school. Well, tell me this, Sarah. You know, growing as a child in Pakistan, and here you are in a rural community with, uh, from what you've explained to me, with a special gift, with a gift uh, speaking in complete sentences. Did you have difficulties with with other children who might not have uh, had the perspective or been able to recognize this as a gift? Did you have challenges? So, oh, right. So early on, because Mm -hmm. I didn't
2: speak till much later, the times that I did speak, right, Mm -hmm. I was kind of made fun of and kind of not looked at through the same lens as other kids. I'm grateful that I was the the eldest granddaughter with my grandmother and um, my younger sister, who is also a medical doctor. She's an incredible OBGYN in Florida. She's within, we're we're what's called twins, right? Um, 11 months. Maybe it's called Irish twins. She came (laughs) into the world (laughs) (laughs) shortly after I did, and she was, So just smart and witty and able to connect. For me, it was always emotional and always magnetic or electrical, the information that I saw outside myself and learning the language to interpret that. And when I did speak, my grandmother did take the time. I got to sleep with her. I got to learn from her. And she always made sure, and I think that's one of the keys for everyone in transforming into success, is really knowing what their special gifts, their special magnetic force or electrical thoughts are that are unique onto themselves. And so, I learned not to tune into how others saw me, but to stay connected the stillness and to be able to witness the connection with love, what I call God, what I call that energy that wants us to be the highest versions of ourselves, moment Mm -hmm. to moment, that flow frequency. And so the kids around me and me not understanding that I was different, meaning I didn't realize it was odd to speak in sentences. And they didn't make it a point to go, oh, there's something special. You're speaking in sentences. Instead, it was just a focus of taking what was, loving it, and amplifying it. And I think that's the challenge of our times right now with our kids and with everything that we're seeing out there taking what we have in the given moment, however it's showing up, however the child, the adult, the, the challenge in business and life is showing up and taking that, accepting it as it is and not making it somehow more special or less mm-hmm. special, just loving it and seeing it and um, taking that energy and moving it to let us, each one of us, be more organized to take what's given and bring it to the next level that's
1: possible. Let me fast forward this and say, uh, I know you became a medical doctor. Um, What drove you or what inspired you, so to speak? Because I'm sure during that time, people weren't using words like uh, intuitive healer or uh, a medical intuitive. What inspired you to... Become a medical doctor, and um, how did that happen? And what was your journey like? <laughs>
2: that journey, Thank you. That's such a beautiful question. That journey came from when I was in college, I wanted to do everything. I um, was at like the calculus the college level of calculus in high school. I was in um, PR. I took classes in media. I wanted to be in television. And I've uh, interned at public radio stations and public television. And by chance, I also took pre-med classes and medical school, um, zoology, all of these courses. And there was a part of me that wanted to be a doctor and a part of me that wanted to be on television and a part of me that wanted to really make um, math and engineering and buildings and construction. And when my younger sister, and I, I she's brilliant and smart and funny and got into medical school and I saw how my parents reacted, I touched a place within myself that wanted to be the mother Teresa of medicine. And I found <laughs> myself in a miraculous way being accepted into the third medical school in India. And when I got into that medical school and caught this vision of building, working with non-government organizations and building a way for young girls or women that were like me in the villages to have medicine and possibly be inspired to believe that anything was possible for them... So I, I went to medical school in India, went on this journey with non-government organizations as a doctor and delivering babies in the field and growing just the, the ability and remembering what had been given. And I believe each person has this within them, whether it's in med- like a great genius that exists in each person and mine was that intuitive the medical intuitive that aspect which helped me thrive in the field in these non-government organizations and be able to serve and um, um, that love of service and gratitude for not being just a village girl not just having the arranged marriages. I, I, I did have one. I did have an arranged marriage. Well I we're survived. gonna talk
1: about that. We're gonna take a quick break and we're gonna talk about yes. that. Come back because we know about those or we've heard about those arranged marriages. So listeners, stay tuned. We're gonna be right back with my guest today, Dr. Sarah Larson. So stay tuned. Thank you for listening.
0: Things Worth Considering airs live every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Empowerment. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment.
1: with my spectacular guest, Dr. Sarah Larson today, who is a medical intuitive and whose work unites the world of business and with the wisdom of mind, body, and spirit. So we are excited to have her on the show. So Sarah, Dr. Sarah, when before we went on break, you were talking about, which we all have heard about, arranged marriage, and you were talking about had you had one of those. So continue, my dear. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so beautiful.
2: I'm so grateful um, to have your ear with this. Two-thirds of the world's women right now still are in arranged marriage situations. My uh-huh. mom was married as soon as she started her period. My grandmother, my great-grandmothers, and um, so forth. I was the last one in my family, my grandparents, the extended family. My period started as the eldest granddaughter, and I didn't know it. I hadn't been informed, but an arranged marriage had been set up for me. And I was used to family ceremony and family gatherings, especially when we traveled back to Pakistan. By the time I started my period, we'd been living in New Orleans, a few years and um, when I traveled back and was in the village, people had traveled for days to come and literally every time we traveled back in the summers or in the holidays, there was always some sort of ceremony or something that we were all being gowned for and gold ordained stuff you know, gold Mm -hmm. jewelry put on and makeup and sort of the peeling the layers of skin. This time there was a lot of focus on me and I'm like, oh, it just because I'm a teenager and I've started my period and they want to make sure I'm extra special. With the entire village and people having walked for three days or traveled or you know, flown in from different parts of the country world, my grandfather turns to me on sort of these throne seats and says, hey, today's your marriage day. Is this marriage okay for you? And I look into the sea of people and have been trained to know that you do not embarrass or hurt your family that way by saying something opposite of what your grandfather says. And so, of course, I accepted the marriage and said, yes, this is okay for me as a young girl. Like, um, I'd only served tea to the man that became my husband, too. I always... 13, 14, just young um, 13, 14-year-old that observed him tea, and this 28-year-old doctor was then seated next to me. And many years in, five years in, he couldn't handle a woman that constantly brought embarrassment to the family by saying, don't get arranged marriages, don't do this to other people. I was a little, I was very empowered, but not in a manner that was respectable for his family. And so his family and he set up a solution, which is one of the solutions, one of the, fa- there's only five ways that a woman can get divorced. And I tried all five ways and it wasn't allowed. His way of getting divorced was leaving you for dead. And over the five years, there was a lot of physical and emotional and mental abuse and torture. And, um, I'm, and today, sitting on this side of it, having been of service in the medical field, in countries where this happens, along with in the United States being of service here, I'm so grateful for each one of the events and even the very physical, torturous parts that happened because it connected me directly with the field that I call love, the field that I call God, I had direct encounters with Mother Mary in my near-death experiences. I could understand a higher level of thinking or a a dimension that was above ours that we might call heaven. I got to experience that in the near-death experiences and physically being hurt in the body, but being loved in the spirit in these heavenly places and when I I didn't have the language for it when I survived at 19 uh, by the time I survived I went through so much physical and emotional and spiritual abuse at the hands of the people that were my husband, my in-laws, my direct family as well at the time because I didn't I was, uh, it was such a difficult time. I luckily put my energy into growing into the future and I had a sleeping disorder and an eating disorder and a probably what we might call self-loathing or inability mm-hmm. to self-love mm-hmm. by the time I was in college. When I got accepted into medical school and was able to go into the field, I could see and receive gratitude from those in the villages and in, in the cities within the United States. When people would thank me or would see me, it helped me connect to God's love service in a deeper way. And that, I believe helped me be able to really get organized and hear even more deeply the stillness within me and give birth to times where the heart, my heart was creating around me this feeling or sensation that we're all connected, that we're, there's love here and there's a great possibility of healing and giving from whatever might have occurred in the
1: past. Sarah, tell me though, all that you went through, um, not only, uh, but in mind, body, and spirit, how did you escape what most people that go through these, most women and men that go through these experiences, don't develop a heart full of bitterness? How did you work through that?
2: I think um, I I believe that I experienced something so beautiful in my heart at the roughest times, sort of the duality of the world, that I could see and experience and know at any given moment everything could be either um, okay or it could be in chaos. And I think that intuitiveness, that knowingness of, like the bitterness, I think was internalized in an eating disorder and a sleep Mm -hmm. disorder Mm
1: -hmm. and
2: a self, um, not recognizing the self. And I believe that being of service woke me up eventually to be able to heal all of those coping mechanisms. And the, instead of the bitterness being out towards the world, the bitterness was internalized within myself. Mm-hmm. I, couldn't, I had those coping mechanisms and trauma that sort of that... the post-traumatic stress disorder today, we can recognize through the work of Dr. Edward Tick as a soul wounding. When mm-hmm. I got that trauma, that soul wounding, I recognized that I tried to heal it with my body. I tried to heal it with my mind. So with my body, I the eating disorder, I was bitter towards myself with the um, learning disorder, sort of not necessarily seeing all of the ways or, and not sleeping was this mechanism to bring in a higher level of soul connected to something greater. And for me, that connection came through service. And that service, helped heal my brain, helped heal my body, helped really examine the source of the wound. And because the source of the wound could be looked at, it eventually translated into um, the highest level of service, the highest level of success, the highest level of giving
1: that's possible at this point. Did you find that Um, you gravitated towards people or people gravitated towards you who had experienced some of the same things you experienced. So I I
2: believe, yes, much much of the next step of my journey, the next step of the healing came in from the people that were in my life. And so it's, it's that energy of, when I needed to be in the moment, connect with the moment, and learn about how to be present in the moment, that's when the um, an Eckhart Tolle teacher right, came into my life, someone who was actively sharing his work came mm-hmm. in. When I needed to learn how to broadcast the message to a bigger audience I got invited onto a TV show or onto a radio show. And when when I needed to really be able to heal my own eating disorder, right? The Someone that came in that had eating disorders. Mm-hmm. And because I loved them enough to start looking into this, I can start seeing my own challenges. And it was... Every step of the way, whenever I couldn't recognize myself, it took me a very long time to accept being Pakistani or being born in um, uh, in the places that I was. Growing after age nineteen, I wanted to be anything but my heritage, and I pretended to be anything but my heritage. And so, of course when i got into medical school is back in the places that my grandparents my grandparents often said we were indian because when they were growing up india pakistan bangladesh nepal were all one country so they considered us indian and so going to medical school in india like all of the ch- whatever i needed to work on the challenge or the opportunity would come in and i'd have to learn to accept And love that through my heart, Mm -hmm. through
1: that. You know, I think it's an interesting story. One of of the things that has intrigued me, and I have to ask this question, when we, um, and I'm sure my listeners, this will uh, shed light on, what is, in your words, a medical intuitive how would you describe so, a medical intuitive? I
2: would mm-hmm. describe a medical intuitive as someone that is able to hear, see, feel what's occurring in your body in a manner to help you understand it. So just like we can take a stethoscope and listen to the heartbeat mm-hmm. uh, and we can know if there's a heart murmur or one of the chal- one of the valves is challenged or there is disorders listening to your heartbeat. A medical intuitive reads your body's wave frequency, the energy that it's putting out. And there's different ways in which an intuitive can do that. There are ways they're able to sense what's going on with your organs and with your body based on... Signals that your body is putting out.
1: Okay. And and, and we find more and more that this is, this is happening um, like stress. In fact, not too long ago, a person was telling me they had a particular ailment. And when we started to talk with him and I started to share, he started to share, it was a result of stress that's going on in his life and a past disappointment in a uh, relationship. That all impacted, you know, whether he realized it or not, but it did. His emotions played such a part in what was happening in his body. So I want to ask you why do you think that people are reluctant to seek healing, maybe from this aspect?
2: We, from this aspect, uh, this aspect of having someone tune in to you has been frowned upon in the, the pharmaceutical hospital industry for because it's not measurable over and over again. It's not a system that mm-hmm. can be put into place. And okay. medical Hippocrates, right, trained all of his doctors one-on-one. He saw the potential, and that's how they were chosen. In medical schools now and pharmaceutical companies, now it's all systematized. And in the 1950s, we started taking power away from, in the United States, we took power away from the local grandmother, medical, um, the midwives, the women that had the herbs, And uh, medicinals in their backyard, the growth that was there. And we put it instead, we put the faith in the pharmaceutical companies and the medical doctors in hospitals. And we started literally driving people in ambulances to the hospital rather than the local neighborhood person that had been trained to know what was useful for that group or for that you travel in Europe now and you'll still see these herbs and you'll still they'll point out people that know the medicines of the earth there. Mm -hmm. Here quite often we we drove it on purpose to create businesses and hospitals. And now that we see that hospitals and doctors are treating symptoms rather than treating the person or the root of the stress or the root of the emotion, often getting it wrong, right? The symptoms are treated symptomatically with pills. And no pill has ever healed a disease. It's treated a system. And so that letting the whole person heal has now this medical intuitive mo- movement, or health coach movement, because we recognize 98 percent of the illness comes from stress, only two percent from our genetics. And there once we get to the root of what's causing the symptom, you can your body loves that and thrives on taking the actions that relieve the stress. Knowing what the cause of the stress is, whether it was your family's genetics that's being expressed, meaning if your grandparents thought in a manner that created stress over and over and over again, and it's landed with you, you go back and you understand oh, they had a core belief that wasn't with nature that now creates stress in your body so that our grandparents and parents used to care what other people
1: think and Sarah I'm sorry I'm gonna have Sarah I'm going to have to cut you off right now because we've got a quick break and I want to really, I want listeners to hear this and I really want to get into some of your Miracle Makers Academy and some of the things to help listeners connect them to the intelligence of their hearts. So we're going to be right back, listeners, so stay tuned. We're going to be right back with my guest, Dr. Sarah Larson. Thank you for listening. Mm
0: Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern, on Voice America Empowerment.
2: We hear, just be you, a lot these days. But who are you? What is an authentic life? The answer to these questions and more will be answered on The Authentic Living Show, hosted by Andrea Matthews. Andrea will interview some of today's spiritual, psychological experts and will provide her own wisdom to help you raise your consciousness to the level of your I Am. Listen for Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Heard live every Wednesday afternoon at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel.
0: Success starts here. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. It's your world.
1: Well, welcome back to my show today with Dr. Sarah Larson, uh, a medical intuitive, and she's done a lot of work with clients all over the world. She has her own radio talk show. And before we went on break, we were talking about what is a medical intuitive, which she explained, and some of the things that people are going through and why they don't really recognize or really seek healing from a medical intuitive. But more importantly... Ah, uh, Sarah, you shared that ninety eight percent of a lot of the illnesses and the traumas, the things that many people are experiencing is related to stress, and that two percent is genetics. And this has been proven. But because we're living in such an empirical world where researches the things, statistics and medicals, you know, pills and prescriptions, we live in that kind of world, many people don't seek a medical intuitive to really look into what's really going on in my body, what's really happening in my mind, and my spirit. So you founded Miracle Makers Academy, and I wanted to just share a little bit about that. And you've had years of experience working with clients, a lot of entrepreneurs, a lot of people from the business world. So can you just share some of the things that you you do with them, some of the tips you share um, to help the listeners kind of connect with the challenges of their hearts?
2: It's um, the intelligence of your heart. It's so beautiful that each beat of your heart, every single one is the interplay of two branches of your nervous system. One one part of your nervous system is what we call the fight and flight response. And the mm-hmm. other one is the rest and digest. And so if 98% of the time you're... If, most of the illness that's coming out in the world is because you're in fight or flight rather than in rest and digest. And this is one of the important things to remember. The second that you feel and begin being stressed, your body is trying to wake you up and it starts giving you signals, mm-hmm. and those signals become louder and louder over time, and they eventually become so loud that they create this ease in your body. And so, um, for example, if you live in the city and you wind up um, every time you take a particular route to work or the way that you get to work, if your body starts... Um, being tense during that ride to work, then all of the time at work is spent in that fight or flight response. You're not necessarily even using the parts of your brain and the parts of your heart and the parts of your intelligence that solves problems. you're you're designing ways to avoid, much of the stress because the ride to work was stressful. Okay. And when you work with a intuitive or when you work with like knowing yourself and you're like, all right, what are the things that are causing fight or flight in my body? And when that comes up, if you've got tools, one of the best tools is breathing and focusing on your breath, another great tool is having a guided meditation that's part of your world or part of your life that helps you be able to reset. So you've taken a stressful drive into the office and you get into the office and you're like, you're focused on your breath you wash your hands in the bathroom before you go to your desk, and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm still not in the rest and digest phase. You can kind of sense it with your own heart. And so you turn on a guided meditation, and we provide one at Miracle Makers Academy of Free Miracle Makers guided meditation that lets you love what is, and it's designed no matter what the stress was. If you go to Miracle Makers from wherever your phone, anywhere, you'll get this guided meditation that lets you, within a few minutes, go back into the rest and digest phase. And that rest and digest phase that every one of your heartbeats will either be in fight or flight or in rest and digest. If you're symptomatic in any area of your life, you've got acid reflux or you're not sleeping well, or you've even got diseases such as diseases such as (laughs) cancer or um, Mm -hmm. even some of the ones... Chronic heart disease, you start listening to a guided meditation and you start relaxing your breathing. And your breathing in a way your body will begin to heal itself with rest. The
1: I love that.
2: Of your, yeah. I love your heart that. It's so <laughs> smart. And it that the space between them. That heart rate variability, that how your heart rate variability occurs is how your day is going to go. If you can get your heart rate variability, how it varies in our dualistic world, to be um, at peace, at calm, at within a few seconds you train your heart to do this, a few times of listening to the guided meditations, then your, your body becomes a healing force for you, a resting force for you, even though you're working in the office, even though you might have stressful situations. If you continue in the, the fight or flight your heart is a magnetic field. It calls in these challenging situations to, so that you will wake up. It's so interesting. Heart Math Institute did this, all of this research. If your heart rate variability is in coherence, if you're coherent with your body, with your mind, with flow, rest and digest, you're, the rest of your day goes smoother if well, your rate variability
1: <laughs> I, I, yes. I really appreciate your sharing this uh, because I think um, I, all of a sudden I had this epiphany of seeing uh, in the future um, these uh, guided uh, meditation booths in the airports um, <laughs> in subway tunnels <laughs> And so, but the, the thing, really, I really began I saw this in the future for people because this life is not getting easier. It's getting more stressful for many people. Um, just here in Los Angeles, just the freeways and uh, the impact of an accident or a couple of accidents, absolutely, you're on your way to work and you're stopped in traffic. The thing that, that, uh, that came to me as you were talking about this my question is, can this also rather than you know the guided meditation you 're hearing it, can you self induce that yourself with a meditation script that you can self do this you know self induce that
2: absolutely absolutely okay. and one of the best things um, and we do it 's so funny anywhere in the world, if you need a guided meditation, you go to miraclemakers dot com the first page because we know. This is how to bring peace to the world. This is how. So, yes, you can. And the one that I teach very quickly is clear mind, open heart, relaxed being. And so you rub your hands together and you create a ball of warmth in your hands. Mm-hmm. And you begin I'm doing it. Feeling I'm doing it. <laughs> right? You begin feeling that that ball of energy. And uh-huh. you just lightly touch your head with your hand and you think clear mind. And so you might be sitting at lunch with someone that's challenging. And you're like, oh my gosh, I need that guided meditation, queer mind, open heart, relaxed being with this person. And so you rub your hands together and you touch your forehead and you take three deep breaths while they're talking. No one else needs to know you're doing this. But you allow your breath to go to your mind and you allow your mind in your mind's eye in your imagination to see the sky and everything that that person might be saying or any one of your own thoughts, you just allow yourself clear mind and your mind begins to clear and whatever is being said, the energy through those three breaths moves away from the stress response into a rest and digest and then you put your hand on your heart and you imagine your heart opening in the most beautiful field or most beautiful place on earth that you can see while you're in that difficult situation with another or anywhere that you're wanting to get clear mind, your heart open. So I will often imagine the rose gardens that my grandmother had and I'll see myself in the middle of okay. the rose garden as oh. I'm putting my hand to my heart and then I'll put it to my belly, right? Yes. And I'll put my hand three deep breaths into my belly and I think, relax. And I, I my hand has that ball of energy created by my hands and I'm telling myself to relax and I see... Calm water, like a
1: still lake, and that um, any yes. <laughs> I'm just thinking. I mean, I, this is so wonderful because I had said that people today were going to learn how to make that connection with their heart and their minds, the intelligence of their hearts, for a better performance at work at play. And Sarah, you have just described that rather than be fight our flight, we want to rest and digest. We don't want to be stressed. We want to have a clean mind and open hearts. Rub those hands together until you feel that heat. Wow. And then place it on your head, your forehead. You can even place it on your heart. She just said. (laughs) Take three deep breaths. Ah, And you begin to envision the world, envision space, blue sky. I just did it. I was doing it while you asked me to do it. I'm feeling so relaxed. (laughs) And I really, really (laughs) have enjoyed it because you've given people something they can hang on to rather than theories. You've given them a practical application. And I want to thank you for that and sharing your life story. I would have to have you back again because there's a lot to be said About the things that you went through. And as the founder of Miracle Makers Academy, you are making a difference in the world. Um, And we don't, and the reason I want to have you on the show, because we don't hear much about medical intuitives. And this was such an eye opener for me. And one final question I have for you today. You're such an incredible woman of faith and spirituality. If you had to put up a banner, what would it say, and where would you put it? Well,
2: I would put uh, a banner that would—you cannot outgive God. Focus okay. on service today. Okay. You cannot outgive God, and to focus, focus on service on and service. <laughs> focus And where on would service. you put that and, banner? <laughs> and I would—I would put that banner in. City centers, which is this, we, when we're in city centers, they are the heart of where our communities and our, um, the energy, the heart of a city. And right now, the heart of cities is challenged with people without homes, um, challenged yes. with people with way too much to do, rushing around. And if we just connect with that thought that there's there's something greater than us that wants to give to us, yes, um, thank you, you
1: so focus much, Sarah. On that, you you make the miracle frequency happen you cannot outgive her. god focus on service i hate to close the show today but we've run out <laughs> of time i love it your banner i love it and you're going to put it in center city centers so I know that my listeners were encouraged and enlightened by this discussion today, Sarah, and I'll have to have you back. But I want to thank you so much for and wish you continued success on your journey to unite the world of business with essential wisdom and mind, body, and spirit. Thank you so much. Listeners, this is Dr. B signing off until next week with my guest, Mr. Pedro Corbello from Cuba, who's going to share his incredible transformational journey. Also, again, check out my television network. we got great stuff coming on. TransformationSuccessTV.com And again, Sarah, God's blessings to you, your family, your children. Thank you so much. And give my love to your husband as well. He's a great guy. (laughs) Didn't think I remember that, did you?